This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek from uh, the RV at a campground in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And I got to tell you, Jamie, we are in the heart of a venter country here. Oh, yeah, you are. I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 27th, episode 2756, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. Well, we have a big congratulations out to Roxanne Trunnell of the United States. She became the United States' first ever dressage gold medalist in both Olympic and Paralympic Games in the Paradressage Grade 1 individual test in Tokyo this morning. So she was riding her horse, horse Dalton, and she scored an 81.4 to take the gold medal. So congratulations to her. We're going to have uh, Charlotte on in a little bit. Of course, our friend and auditor Charlotte, who was in Germany with the team. She was a traveling reserve, and uh, everybody went, so she came home, and she's going to tell us all about her time in Germany, and she can tell us more about Roxanne, too, but that's very cool. We have gold in the paras, uh, and that, and we also, I also have an interview coming up. Now, for those of you that don't like when we don't talk about horses for a period of a few minutes, then you're going to want to <laughs> skip this interview. But uh, most of you know that I owned an acting company in the old days. Well, a couple of the performers that I hadn't seen in 35 years came down and met with Jennifer and I when we were in Lancaster, and and I got caught up with them for a little bit and recorded it. So I know That's that the. So- fun i loved looking at that picture the it was a picture you posted up yep. kind of back in the day of you with all your friends and i mean you guys owned it you <laughs> lived it the costumes the poses the it was just it was it was really fun to watch it was fun to look at well and it was fun to get together with them and talk about the old days you know it really has been 35 years since i saw them uh, and they drove hours to get down, and we spent the afternoon together and just had a blast. So uh, you'll get to hear a little bit of them talking about the old days and uh, uh, that kind of thing. And I know some of you enjoy that, hearing about uh, Jamie and I's past, and some of you just want us to talk about... If we don't mention horse every other second, we're in trouble. So um, just this is a warning coming up. Also, we have some really bad ads today, so you're going to want to stick around for those. We have some fun, really bad ads and some great prizes to give away. But first, we're going to do some daily winnies because we have some of those, too. Believe it or not, no auditor birthdays this weekend, but a happy birthday to my brother Wayne, who is the sign guy of EasySignsOnline.com. That's where Jamie got her sign, her fancy Love sign. Love my farm sign. It makes me smile every time I ride by EasySignsOnline.com. They'll make you whatever you want. It's awesome. It's totally worth it. So happy birthday, brother. And a thank you to our farm hosts for this week. It was Jacqueline Burke and uh, the KOA. Two different KOAs. Uh, now, <laughs> Did they, they get a prize? No, they didn't host us. Uh, we paid them. And they didn't feed us either. So... Um, just saying. Ugh, but, but they did have septic, which is kind of important. So How's your that. marriage, by the way? Oh, good. She's away now. Um, she's She said, I'm going shopping this morning. And part of the reason is, I don't know what the temperature's like there, but we have an outdoor wedding today. And I brought, I was thinking it was indoors. So I brought my suit with my long sleeve shirt. Oh, boy. And I'm looking at the temperature right now outside the camper. Now, the thermostat's in the sun. It's 126 degrees. <laughs> so, oh, my uh, God. It is like, it's just brutally hot here. I think we have one. They're saying we have one more week. And I guess there's that tropical storm coming mm. up towards Louisiana hurricane. And they have two different views of the way it's going to go. So once it hits land, it can either keep going straight up, which would be rain for us, which would be awesome, or it's going to hook to the right and like go towards Kentucky. It's going to hit and us on the way home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I hope it doesn't. I hope it comes to us because my grass is cr- 
crispy and I'm getting tired. Of well, it. you guys do need the rain. So let's hope that too. And, 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 you know, we're thinking about everybody down there in Louisiana. God, like they didn't have enough storms last year. It's going to get hit again. I know. I know. So, yeah, it's a little warm. So Jennifer actually went out to get me a short sleeve dress shirt. So I wouldn't die today. <laughs> and it was an excuse to get away from me for a while. So there's your answer. Also, a big thanks goes out to Jemmy and her crew at Flintstone Media for covering all the show production and editing this week. And your turn. Well, I was tagged in a post on Facebook, and it is from a post by a woman named Carrie Joe. And Carrie Joe had been seeing me post all of the horses that I have for adoption at Horse and Hound. There's a horse named Uncle Rico that I had in training. And uh, it just, so her question, she says, I have a question for you and all the others in the OTTB know. I've had many people who say that as a general rule, OTTBs have too much baggage too much unpredictability. They're always very forward and they guarantee there will be moments of craziness too many to be suitable for a kid or a beginner horse. And is there some truth to that as a breed? Are they more suitable for advanced horse people? Is it only rare gems? Um, She's she, she would like to keep OTD on her radar for horse shopping. Let me tell you something. If you do it right, they are, I'm, I, I mean, my experience, I've had 70 plus horses come from horse and hound and some of them are very emotionally damaged and there's, I mean, they flinched, they've been whacked in the face, they've had bad handling and yes, some of them have sensitivities, but if you address those and you handle them and you train them through that, then they, I mean, I, I get to fix them all. It's so fantastic. Now, there's so many of them that come to me, Carrie, completely done with racing. They're super chill and they don't want to run anymore. They don't want to participate in any sort. Of, and, and most of the time, I've, I'd probably say of the 70 I've trained, and I'm guessing on that number, it might be a little higher, a little lower. A little higher. Um, of the 70 of those, 65 of them have been kick rides. Like, go, go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because they're done. They're done racing. If you bring them off the track and you give them the proper downtime, which is, remember, these horses have not been turned out in years. So you don't just take them home and throw them in the field. Take them home. And when they go to horse and hound, they go to a stall for a couple days and then they open the back door and they have a stall with a run. And then from that, they go to a paddock, a small paddock, and then they go to a bigger field. So there's four levels of kind of helping them to understand where they're going, you know, from, from start to finish. And then when I restart them, you have to remember these horses, every time they've been ridden, it is like, go, 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 you know, and, and they've been cooped up and they don't have, you know, they've like, they, horses on the track, they live in a stall. And when they come out of the stall, it's to run. So you have to really undo that thought process. And then, so when I start restart them, they work 20 minutes. That is it. And the first couple rides on them are five minutes long, just to like, let them start to understand that oh, this person is getting on me and I'm not going to fly around the track. And it is very, very is it's hardly ever that a horse I get on and they're like, go, go, go. They made the first time, but then you prove to them every time that that's not what they have to do. And so what I find, there is a very famous Australian clinician who has been very vocal about hating thoroughbreds and Arabians. And there's a reason that people hate thoroughbreds and Arabians. And the reason they do is because they're not good enough. Because what you can, you can beat up a quarter horse, you can beat up a warm blood and they're like, okay, you know, they're just, they're not as hot blooded. Hot blooded means those nerves and the blood vessels are, are close to the skin. So they're just more sensitive. So you have to take, I, I think of training thoroughbreds or Arabians or hotter blooded horses. Do you know what Glenn, do you know what Tai Chi is? Yeah. Mm, yep. Okay. It's that it's that martial art where everything is very slow and you like reach out. And up I always and thought that. if I did one, it would be Tai Chi because it's slow enough for me. 
<laughs> you can really, but that's how I think of training horses. Monty says that when you are training horses, move like you're in heavy oil, Mustangs, heavy, but I've never been in heavy oil, but I've seen Tai Chi. So that made more sense to me. And I think he actually just says that now. Um, and so everything is just smooth and slow at the beginning, just to let them understand, like nobody's going to whack them in the head. You know, there's grooms that are at the track that may not be the best trained individual and they may be scared of the horses and they may go a little too fast and the horses learn that and they get flinchy or whatever. Just do everything slow. And it is like three days. These horses sometimes come to me and they're like, Oh my God. And in three days, like I had somebody come and, and look at one and they were like, are all these horses sedated? I was like, that is the nicest compliment I've ever heard <laughs> that you think all of these horses are sedated. So when you work around horses like that, you move like you're in Tai Chi and you just move a little bit smoother and a little slower. That was my biggest problem that I had when I started training was they, the German lady would go smoother smooth because I'm just I was really jerky and like quick and now and and I would be yelled at in this German accent of like be smoother Denise God love her um and so once I learned that you just go smoother back to that famous Australian clinician who you know you have a big stick with a string on it and you hit the horse to get them to move their hips away but then you rub it off and there is not one Thing in that horse's brain that makes it go, oh yeah, it's gone now. <laughs> you rubbed it off. <laughs> it's totally gone now. I don't think I'm gonna get That'd hit. That'd be at like all. you punching me in the face and then rubbing it off. And then I'm yeah. gonna kiss you. Yeah. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna smack you and then I'm gonna just tap your cheek. Yeah, my cheek still hurts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so people that don't like thoroughbreds or they don't think that they're good horses and Arabians too, they are not smooth enough. Be smoother, you know, be <laughs> slower and smoother and think Tai Chi and break everything down to, you know, you slow is fast and fast is slow. If you think you have, if you, if you go up to you, uh, 15 minutes to get this done, that uh, you're going to take all day. But if you go at it, like you have all day, it'll take 15 minutes well, because you just slow down. And, and it's true of any breed. I mean, it, let's be, let's be honest here. Every breed has horses that are super chill. And every breed that has horses that probably through training are are, are just on edge. Uh, you yeah. know, my first hackney was a roadster pony. We didn't know this when I bought him at the Amish auction. Uh, but he a, was a roadster pony champion out of Ohio. He's a state champion roadster pony. Well, we, if you walked by his stall for the first six months, he would plaster himself against the back wall. Aww, scared to death him. would not stick his head out for six months till he determined that hey i'm not going to get beat every time somebody walks by the stall so it happens in any breed you know and it, it's a horse yeah it's a horse and and they are born horses like and people their experiences <laughs> yeah and their life creates behaviors in them so yeah there are a lot of horses thoroughbreds that come off the track that are like a lot of horse but it's uh, about the training and and sometimes untraining before you can retrain and and so many of these horses that come to me like oh my god they have such good minds because they're just ready to do something they're ready to learn they're ready to react they like having jobs that's what i love about the thoroughbred is man these horses like to have a job it's what i love about mustangs is mustangs are like okay you're my person it's cool we're good and they will do anything for you and those are two breeds that people are like oh my god what a way i have heard somebody say that train that having thoroughbreds is a waste of time and i'm like how could you possibly say that? And of course they ended up adopting the thoroughbred and they, it's like the little girl's whole world. But like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just, so, so think about it as this. Okay. If somebody is like, I hate that breed, it's because they're not good enough and you need to find somebody else. Like, like this, this and maybe, trainer who's, and there are people that probably should not get a thoroughbred 
or or an Arabian or any Without other education. horse. Exactly. To, yeah. Exactly. Or a you, Mustang for that matter, you know. There, you know what? How many people do you all know that shouldn't own horses, period? Well, that's true. We should have a license. <laughs> there should be a license. <laughs> you have to pass. I think there should tests. be a license to have children and horses. Yes. So there oh you go. Oh my god. But it's very much <laughs> the same. The way that that's why a lot of the horse sense and healing and the lead up programs that we do at Monty's, a lot of it is just teaching kids and veterans how to control their emotions and control their breathing and control their everything to communicate with the horse. Well, when you're communicating with the horse, you also have to control your breathing and you have to control your, your core. And it's, it's all, it all matters. It all counts. No matter what horse it is, you can, you can get it done. You just have to figure out the way that the horse needs to have it done. And yes, you have to be a little bit better with a Mustang or a thoroughbred or an Arabian. You have to be a little slower. You have to be a little smoother. You have to be uh, just just a little more attentive to the sensitivity of the horse. Again, why are they called hot bloods and warm bloods and then the draft horses are cold bloods? I've got to do the research on it, but I believe it has something to do with like the way that their blood is closer to their skin so they can cool down quicker. Um, the thoroughbreds and Arabians, because they're meant to be physically demanded upon, but then you've got cold blooded horses and their nerves and their blood, their, their vessels are deeper inside them because they're used to being in the cold. And so you think about cold blooded horses versus hot blooded horses. And then what you've got in the middle of the breeding warm blooded horses. So everybody, there's a reason for these things and there's a reason for being one way with a horse. And there's a reason that some people don't like them. It's because they're just not good enough. There you go. Well, let's go to Kentucky. I'm going to Google that and make sure that's true because I remember learning that when I was in equine management school at the Kentucky Horse Park when I was 19, 18. And that was a long That's a few time years ago. ago. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check my research there, but um, well, there's it, some, it doesn't even matter because there's something to it. There's somebody who knows a lot about horses and taking care of your horses, and that's Kentucky Performance Products. Let's hear from them. And then we're going to head to Charlotte, our friend Charlotte Merrill-Smith, who uh, is a para rider and was second reserve on the team heading to Tokyo and one of one of that team got a gold medal today in Paris so we're going to talk to her and find out how it was in Aachen and learn a little bit more about Roxanne too This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us today. Did you just get home? Are you back in Ocala? Gosh, I don't know. What day of the week is it again? It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said that. My mom walked by and said Thursday. Friday. <laughs> 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 um, no, I got back uh, to Wellington. Well, I got back to Ocala yesterday. Um, and then Wellington a couple days ago, but I had to wait for her to get out of quarantine and then get a ride up here from Wellington because like my rig is up in Vermont, that sort of thing. So I had to be trailered. Cool. Well, now before we get to talking about your experience over there in the pre-Olympic, uh, training in Aachen, Germany, I want to talk to you a little about Roxanne Trunnell. Now we, we talked about the fact that she won gold earlier in the show and, and mm-hmm. 
in grade one. So tell us about Roxanne. Oh my gosh. Roxanne is a serious competitor. She is such a cool girl. Um, she is a total night person, which is quite funny. Um, like I was actually sharing a room, um, like we had a connecting room together so we could share an accessible bathroom when we were in Alkin. Um, and I had to check in on her to make sure when I could hear her alarm go off, make sure she was actually awake. <laughs> um, but she's just such a fun person. Like, and yeah, she just is a cool person. Now what, now gr- remind everybody there's five grades, grade one and, you know, up to grade five, which one is grade one? Grade one is the most disabled, um, in grade five being the least disabled. Um, yeah, so, gr- but they do that so that a grade one's 80% is equal to a grade five's 80%. You ride different tests for each grade. Um, so, um, but Roxanne is a grade one. She's a wheelchair full time, um, and has super balance issues. Um, and I think she can move her feet a little bit, but that's about it. Uh, okay. So that's very cool. Now, do you know anything about her horse? So her horse's name is Dalton. Yeah, Dalton. I know that he, um, he's a bit cheeky. He, uh, like he is actually pretty cool. It is a true testament of how, um, how just how cool horses are, I guess. Um, he, uh, like you'll see her riding and it looks like he's just walking, but I guess he's quite like, she has to really stay on top of, um, making, like really riding him because he'll do, um, he gets cheeky sometimes. And uh, like if somebody else is riding him, I guess he has a little bit of a a little um, guess sparkle in there that mm-hmm. other people bring out that he keeps under wraps for when Roxy's on him. Wow, well that's cool. Well, obviously she won the gold, and I read, yeah. and I don't know if you know if this is true, that this is the first gold. It says here first gold in dressage for para. And for regular dressage for the United States, is that true? Yep, I think that's true. And she's like only the second woman to do it ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's neat. <laughs> now, you got to go to Aachen with your horse and to the training week and, and quarantine week over there. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, it was amazing. I am so honored to even have been able to do that. It was such a cool experience to be able to do that and to learn, just learn about everything from the beginning, like how to pack, what to pack um, when you get there, like what the pressure is like when you get there. Um, and then being able to ride in the Aachen stadium was so cool. We had um, like, there was big warm up rings that anyone could ride in at any time. And then each country had their set times they could be in the actual stadium for practice. And then, in that those times and we had individual ride times within that time. Um, so it was cool. Cause you got, you didn't really mingle with the, or you didn't mingle at all with the other countries, but you got to see them out riding in the warm up, And then, um, yeah, then you got your, like you could practice going from the warm up to just being the only horse in the big arena. Um, it was, it was so neat. And you were getting training by like some serious trainers while you were there too, right? Um, well, so my own coach comes and then uh, Michelle Osling, who is, uh, was our chef to keep, um, he really believes, you know, he can't make huge changes in anything right at the very last minute, but he, um, is, he definitely watches and gives his words of wisdom and you all, you have video reviews with him every day with your coach and him, um, so he's very much a overseer of things. And was everybody nervous, excited, or did the mood change during the week as it was getting time for the team to head off to Tokyo? I don't think that 
people weren't people weren't nervous. Um, I think there was a lot of excitement, and there was definitely as you got closer, you know, you could just feel the tension and the stress kind of getting more and more within the group. But in general, it was a wonderful group of people to be with, and everyone was just so honored to be there. You could tell. And I heard, Aki, now you obviously live in Ocala, where we have the World Equestrian Center, but I heard, you know, I've always heard, I've never been there, but I always have heard that Aachen is, Germany, is just an unbelievable venue. Oh, well, the the city itself is super cool, and it was, I'd never been to a place where it was, the Aachen Stadium, where the horses were, was literally like, it was like going to a baseball game or something, like it was like city, 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 farms. (laughs) Um, which was really neat Um, but it also wasn't they were setting up for some big event while we were there but it wasn't you know they didn't have all the vendors around and um, all that sort of stuff like it was just the para horses from every country almost every country were there Um, it was a really it's just a really cool facility It it was yeah did they keep you kind of segregated uh, by teams because of COVID and stuff, or were you able to chat with the others? Oh, no, you could not chat with other people. Um, they had it set up so there's big barns, but every country had a an aisle that were eight stalls. Um, so you And then the riders and coaches were only allowed to be there half an hour before and half an hour after your ride. So you couldn't just hang out in the barns and do and chit chat and stuff. There, there wasn't a ton of room, and they wanted to um, you, know, you couldn't mingle. So um, it was weird because I'm you know I'm used to being around my horse all the time and doing a lot of the prep work and cleaning my stall and that sort of thing. And and my mom was my groom, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I would show up and be like, "Hi, mom." And then she and I was totally the rider. Like I would, she'd give me the horse, and I'd get off the horse, and she'd take my horse. Um, and she did a different hotel and everything. Wow. So, and I knew that they were being kind of strict in in Japan, but you know what? It's all good. The Americans are doing very well, and and hope. Let's give a shout out to Hope Hand, who is the president of the association, the Paris Association here in the United States, who really has worked her entire life tirelessly to get to this point where we can be winning gold. So good for you, Hope. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited. Thank I'm ex- you, Hope. I'm excited for her too because I, you know. I think I can say this, you know better than me, but I think I can say without hope, we wouldn't be where we are with Paris in the United States. Uh, she just... Oh, absolutely. She's put a dedicated so much of herself, her time and everything to I what have, we I have now. I have a question for you, Charlotte. And if it's too personal, you can tell me it's too personal. So um, my question is, because I was wondering this in the... Uh, able-bodied Olympics as well. When we've got horses that are traveling over to Aachen and then you're in training for your country and then the horses either go home or they go on to Tokyo, who pays for that? (laughs) Yeah. So the U.S. pays for, uh, for the flights and everything, like once you leave. Um, but yeah, the, your, I was personally responsible for helping them for getting myself there or getting myself up to the point. Like I had to pay for her shipment down to Miami. I had to pay for my travel to Miami, everything. But then the team pays for everything from there, from Miami out to Aachen. Okay. Um, so then when she got back, you had to pay to have her ship back up to Ocala. Yep. And then you're not not getting paid while you're there either. I'm not getting paid at all. (laughs) Well, no, I have a job, but yeah, Yeah. he's not there. Um, And then I, and then we also had to pay for our own coaches to come. Oh, so you have to pay for that? Because they had like a day fee. Ah, okay. I was wondering about that. So this is to to be an Olympian for your country. It is a lot on you, not just 
like, like, cause I mean, I think part of it, I'm like, okay, well, obviously the U S is paying for everybody to go over there because they're part of this, but it sounds like that's not the case. Yeah. And it's hard because I have to, you know, you end up doing more training leading up to it. So you're not paying more for lessons. Um, you have to, the vet comes out more often because you want to make sure everything's going right. You know, you might have to inject more things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to get new supplies to go. Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of expense. Wow. Wow. I mean, I guess the, the, when they come home, you know, you, you can say, okay, well, obviously I've competed in the Olympic games. And I'm thinking more of like Boyd Martin comes home and he's like, you know, he just went in the Olympic games. And so now he can start charging more for lessons and all that. But I don't know that's not really what you do. So it's not like you make a living out of this, right? Yeah, no, I, not anymore. I used to, I did. I, I was a, I rode for a living for venting before I got hurt. Right. Right. Wow. This, but it just seems like it's a, it's a lot to ask our Paralympians and our uh, able-bodied Olympians to, to do all this. And it sounds like it's just a lot of but, money and a lot of that. But Charlotte would to... do it again in a minute. I was gonna, that was my <laughs> next question was, would you do it in, again? In a heartbeat. Um, I'm so lucky. I had a, I had a GoFundMe um, to do this and I, I had incredible, it was amazing. I had people like, my college roommates were family. They were donating and it was amazing. Um, but it's, uh, I definitely am going to have to look at my finances again. A lot of people have owners, you know, horse owners. And, um, and I'm going to have to sort of revamp my whole situation now. What if I'm going to keep doing this? Well, I know you're going to because uh, this is what this is what you do, and you do it well. And next time you'll be one of the team. You won't be a traveling reserve. You'll be one of the team. So we're looking forward to that. And I don't know where the Lex Olympics is. I have no idea. Does anybody know? Well, the World Games are in Denmark, um, and they're only a year away instead of two years away because this. Oh yeah. A year later, um, so I'm going to go to that, and then the Olympics are in France. Oh, they're in France next time. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. I think ja- I'm going to do that too. I think Jamie and I we should go to. I'd like to go to France. We can go watch you in France. That'd be fun. We oui, we. Oui. Well, why don't you just, you just become? Why don't you become horse owners? You could own a horse for a para equestrian, and then you could come as an owner. There you I go. I can see it now, Glenn. Uh, Gigi owned by the Horse Radio Network. Network. <laughs> Charlotte's always Perfect. selling. <laughs> Charlotte, congratulations again. Thank you for joining us today. And congratulations to the U.S. team. It ain't over yet. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much. It was uh, I having you guys with me. It was great. Well, I think you were with me the whole time. We were. No question about it. <laughs> Thanks, mm. Charlotte. Well, you know, one of the hits and highlights of this entire trip we've been on, I'm going to give you a quick update here in a second, has been the Equity Shake and Fork. Everybody has loved the Equity Shake and Fork. And it's so funny because we've been talking about that fork for 10 years. And people resisted buying it because it's a little more expensive. Um, But they all wanted to try it. And they were all like, did you bring one along? And thank God I did. But I charged it before we left. And we've been using it at every stop. And some people took it and used it to clean their barn that day. Um, And I haven't recharged it yet. I, again, I don't know what the batteries are in the shaken fork, but they're amazing. So it's, uh, I know what it is actually. Right inside there, if you were to open it up, your eyes would be burned out because there's part of the sun <laughs> is in there. It's and nuclear. It's, it's a nuclear fork. It's a nuclear <laughs> fork. It's a little little reactor in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's wait it's it's made of vibranium that's it and it's a wakandan vibranium and inside it when you open it up it's an arc reactor just much like tony stark's heart well and so in that case it's really cheap when you think about it <laughs> it's steel it's, it's like it's free but it it has been the hit i'll tell you what everybody kept saying wow it saves so much of the bedding because it does i mean it, the the fork shakes for you and it was so funny. First of all, everybody that tries it for the first time laughs uh, because it is a motorized fork and the head shakes for you and gets all the sawdust out or the shavings out and leaves the poop. Uh, but they all giggle and laugh to, for the first 10 minutes they use it. And then the other thing that takes is a learning curve is they still try and shake 
themselves. They still try and move it back and forth, and you don't have to. So once you figure out, you don't have to do anything but press the trigger, they, everybody realizes, wow, this is so much easier on your back and your shoulders. If you have shoulder problems, this would be amazing. So, yeah, check it out, equityMFG.com. Only old people have shoulder problems, Glenn. I mean, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it says the two people who have had shoulder surgery in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, give that a uh, try, equityMFG.com. Yes, it is a little more expensive, but it will last you forever. Mine is 10 years old. Uh, trip update. We are in, as I said, a KOA in Westchester for the wedding today. Um, it was a wild ride to this KOA. I'll tell you what, these eventers, there's a reason they can do their hill work is because this particular part outside of Chester County, where, where there's a lot of farms and, and a lot of eventers and some dressage people and stuff, it used to be the place to be. Uh, before Aiken and all of those came into being. Uh, but all of the big-time United States eventers, a lot of them are still here. But it's hilly. I mean, it. they're definitely on some pastures that are hilly. And the the road getting in here was, was interesting to this KOA. Um, but I wanted to mention that we only have one more meetup left. We were having to cancel the North Carolina meetup. Only one person signed up for it. It was pretty remote in North Carolina. So it was going to cost us two days to, to head out there and do it. And Carol was kind enough to put that together. But we, we may still uh, meet with her. Uh, but we're canceling the North Carolina meetup. Uh, we announced that on Facebook. Book, but we have one more. So that is Sunday in Lorton, Virginia. That's at Lindsay's place. And I know we have 20 or 25 signed up. This is going to be the first one that's not on a farm because she lives in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. But she's promising there's room to park in her driveway. So we're hoping that uh, we'll be there parked in the driveway and we're going to have a, a cookout in her backyard. So that's Sunday. You can find all the details, horseradionetwork.com. Click on the banner at the top of the page. And then we head home. That's it. We're going to be home probably Thursday or Friday of next week, which will be the end of our five weeks on the road. We have 1,000 miles to go, and we have gone 2,450 miles so far. Wow. That's a Good long job. And, and we haven't spent $1,000 in fuel yet. I love that GMC. We're getting 14 miles per gallon even in the mountains hauling. So I don't That's think amazing. that was bad at all. <laughs> so it's pretty good. But the other day we had a chance to catch up with, as I said earlier in the show, a couple actors that we worked with, a couple of our associates from the Medieval Feasting Guild. That's an acting company I had. We did Medieval Feasts. It was all improv theater. It was... Uh, I played the king, and there were jesters and jugglers and musicians, and, and Patty and Loretta, who you're going to hear from today, were part of one of the musician groups, and they also were just a hell of a lot of fun and well-trained improv actors. Uh, and we got to catch up with them, and I said, you guys, we got to do an interview. Uh, this is this might be interesting to some of our listeners. If you're not interested in hear, hearing about old days, and we don't mention a horse at all, then skip ahead 10 minutes to really bad ads, and we'll talk to you then. Guys, I told you the other day that I was so looking forward to having two of the old cast from the Medieval Feasting Guild and from the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair here with us. They drove a long way to hang out with Jennifer and I in our little cabin on wheels. And thank you. We have Patty and Loretta here. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Hi Jen. So they were wenches slash musicians, mostly musicians in the shows. You guys uh, sang and you goofed around and had a good time. You danced. You danced. We were the that's Wild right. Roses. The Wild Roses. That's w Wild. Right. Yes. That's a right. Quintessential. Quintessential. I can't remember the rest, Essence. but it's a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> so I know the listeners always like to hear about our past lives, whether it's Jamie or I. And I did have the acting company for 10 years it's called the Medieval Feasting Guild. I figured it out one time before we quit, and we had done over 400 shows total. Oh, my gosh. It added up. <laughs> yes. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of shows. So you guys, uh, we are talking today. I think that... Really, that time, one, it was a hell of a lot of fun, all of us together. But it was kind of influential in our lives, too. It was a very creative time. I think we wrote shows that we performed as the Wild Roses. We wrote shows that we did each month with the Feast. Sometimes, what, two times a month or we did more. them or yeah, more? Private shows. Those corporate shows where we geared sometimes it, it toward... Sometimes three the, times a week. Yes. <laughs> there was just so much creativity, and it seemed to, the more we did, the more creative we got. How important was the cast to that? We all got along so well, I think. It, and we just blended. And the diversity, I think, of everybody in the cast. Everybody had different strengths that I think they brought to the plate, not just on the stage or 
off the stage. We were really not on a stage. We were amidst the. It was an improv show. We did a medieval feast, kind of. I describe it as kind of the almost Benny Hill version of a medieval feast. Was kind of what we did. Kind of call it all street theater because I think you're out there among the people, so you're you know you're performing among. But I I think that we had such a diverse cast with so many different skills and abilities that it allowed us to put together the guild because everybody brought something. If you think about it, it's it was it's rare to have a cast together for as long as we were together without complications. And we weren't full time. None of us no, made much no. money. <laughs> That's for damn sure. I know we didn't. <laughs> we were paid in other ways. Yeah, <laughs> but we had a common interest, and that common interest is what held us together. Even after we left the fair, we continued to have a goal and a mission of doing these fun feast and making it was people, making people laugh and making have people a good laugh time, and yeah. helping them understand what we did and educating them on the renaissance period and medieval periods now you yeah. guys have it i think lucky because you still have audiences you're still on stage and maybe not doing improv but you're doing stage so you hear them laugh and you hear them clap and you see their faces you see them enjoy the show or not either one yeah. but you see that i mean is it still 20 percent hate whatever you do is that the rule still in theater we always said it to 80% loved our shows, 20% hated it. I don't know. Sometimes our audiences are so small at these plays that 20% is <laughs> 20% only one person. not even there. <laughs> it's the husband yes. that got drug along. Yeah, but even that, those few people that are in an audience, even if you're playing to a small crowd, you're still playing to that crowd. So I think that even if there is a little bit of people, you still put on the same performance you would if there right. were a thousand people. And do you guys, when I used, when we did the shows, I would always pick out one or two people that I always focused on. And what I tried to do was find the, it was usually a woman who I knew was having a good time and was going to have a good time the whole night. She was kind of my 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 uh, target for one end of the spectrum. And then I always looked at the grumpy guy. And I figured if we got the grumpy guy by the end of the show, we did okay. Because the woman, she was going to have a good time no matter right. what. Um, and then the grumpy guy, if we got him, we were doing okay. And and many of the shows, we'd get that guy. Uh, but it was tough sometimes. You know, we had some tough nights. <laughs> I think if people didn't enjoy it, it was that they just didn't like that kind of thing. And that's fine. That yeah. wasn't their cup of tea. But some people came thinking they were going to love it, and they did. And some people came and thought, well, this is going to be lame. But they turned out to really have a great time. And it's just... Each person is going to enjoy something different, but we got most of them, I think, which is what counts. I think so, too. I think we had most people. They wanted to be part of things, and it was easy to get them to engage in it because they were they were willing to walk into the fantasy with us. You know, I, I, I was saying earlier that I do miss that laughter. I do miss that hearing that. You know, we, we have more listeners now than we ever had in an audience. But, it, you know, you get feedback, but it's not immediate. You know, so we don't hear them laugh. So mm-hmm. that's the importance of having a good co-host with in a podcast is because that's the person you feed off of. And if you're not if you're not syncing with that person, if you, you know, it just doesn't work. Uh, it's the same way, though, if you think about it, the way the cast was. You guys played off of I was the king. You guys played off of me. I played off of you guys. If there was no energy coming from you guys, I was done. You know. Yeah, you have to have that reciprocation, and I think that's what worked about street theater because we all knew each other we knew each other's characters so you know we had some little premises and things that we would use but mostly it was just us exchanging things throughout you know the the feast or throughout the day it was a fair and people just talking you know we would just talk and have little things that we did and people loved it this last year where obviously there weren't live shows we this theater group that i belong to we actually recorded some and while we did put the full effort into performance it just wasn't the same welcome to my world yes (laughs) um and we did it to, to stream online but we all agreed this isn't what we really want to well, do. You but... have to create the energy. Whereas yes. a lot of times the audience creates half the energy, right? You're putting it's, your hundred percent in, but they're it enhances. It to that's what theater is. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of theater. Otherwise, you might as well just go on, go on a camera. You know what I mean? Right. Because it you're losing all of that live interaction with the audience. And I've heard musicians say the same thing. It's mm-hmm. you know they could do all those concerts online, those home concerts that they were doing, but without that 
interaction with the audience, even if it's just catching their eye or, you know, hearing their applause or just their sigh when they played a particular song, it... It, something was missing. I played the king partly because I also had to be the director. And it was the only way we could figure out. Remember, we had this mm-hmm. discussion because mm-hmm. there was food being served. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's late. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's early. It was a dinner theater. So mm-hmm. I constantly had to be. And you guys covered very well when I'd be dealing with crap that's going on mm-hmm. behind the stage. Or I'd be totally out of the room dealing with when's the food coming out. And you the know? food is a big issue because I've done a lot of murder mysteries. And food, the food coming out is like extremely important if you're not and ready for the food. And ours was always late for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it was always late. But it was always good. It was good, but it was always late. <laughs> I think the best part was how I felt at the end of the day, just how good it felt. Um, nothing beat when you were doing a bit with someone in the audience and they it just all worked out perfectly like uh, there was uh something unexpected but it just worked out and it was funny and everybody around enjoyed it and just that feeling of making a good show and at the end of the day you went man i really had a good time today by the way that works in podcasting too and it usually revolves around the guests there's some guests you just click with you know it, it's immediate you click with mm-hmm. it and you get to the end of the show and say that's a really good show however we also get to the end of shows. Jamie and I will get to the end of a show and go, well, that wasn't a very good show. And we get more feedback that people loved that show. And we thought it was just okay. You know, and it was that way, too, when we were doing the shows. If you remember, there were sometimes we get to the end of the show and we didn't think it was that good because we're comparing it to past shows. These people are seeing it for the first time. Right. And we're seeing it on the other side. We're not right. seeing it from the viewer's experience. We're seeing it. We're tr- it didn't maybe go the way we wanted it to, but they don't know that. So right. Right. they enjoyed what it was. Right. But exactly. yeah, those are those are serendipitous surprises. I'm going to look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly been fun having you guys here with us and hanging out and seeing you, you both again yes. after all this time. It's, it's wonderful time. to have seen both you and Jen after years. And I'm not going to make you sing uh, for me. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> should make you sing. These guys, <laughs> yeah. yeah if you were, and I have said this before on the show, and please back me up. You guys would not let me sing at all. We not even the closing song. We that discouraged everybody sang. It. I was encouraged to mouth lip sync. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because nobody wanted to stand near yeah. Glenn when he sang. <laughs> By the way, that hasn't changed. It still sucks. <laughs> Equiderma has been an amazing sponsor, and we only actually let sponsors be things that we actually like. Uh, so I can tell you all about the Equiderma. Man, there's just not another fly spray that has worked for me this summer. It has been amazing the amount of. So I guess Glenn, there's these the the cicadas, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because of their cicadas, these horse flies have come around, and they're actually called cicada killers. They kill cicadas. But the problem is they are vicious. Are they the ones that are like an inch long? (laughs) Yes, they're huge. And what what they do is they they get on the cicada and they slice it open and they suck out. I don't know what what they do. It's gross. Um, But now they they actually, one of them got on Abby's shoulder yesterday and bit her. And the horses, you will see them just start freaking out because they land right on their back where they can't get them. And my poor fat broodmare can't get the bugs. So I go out there and I have to like whack them with a hat, you know, and then they fall to the ground. I stomp them. And I, I just, I was really struggling with how to protect pink out there because she just, she's, fat and not flexible and she's old so and she's pregnant (laughs) so i was like let's see if equiderma can do the trick and i took equiderma out and i just cover her her back and she lives out in a pasture and i just covered her entire body and the first day she hasn't get fly sprayed very often and she was like oh my god what is that it's gonna kill me now if i hold up the bottle she comes over to me and positions herself sideways like please thank you spray me and it has been keeping the horse flies off so i found like the one fly spray that gets rid of these monstrous horrible painful uh horse flies and now because it is neem and aloe and it's essential oils and it's oh it's just really good uh it's not chemicals now we spray ourselves with it too because <laughs> i mean those suckers they basically land on you and they slice you open and I whacked one of them with my feed scoop. I was like yellow feed scoop. And I was like, whack. And, and there was blood all over the yeah. bottom of my feed scoop. And it was not <laughs> from the bug. So I just know that 
if you are having trouble with this, this horse spray, the neem and aloe spray is just amazing. And then we spray ourselves with it. So if I can give anybody a heads up and an awesome fly spray to use is the neem and aloe herbal horse spray. And uh, you can find it at equiderma.com. Pay it. I say pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. Horse trading. They tell a low-down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if they're talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fine art of persuading. Horse trading. That's right. It is time for Really Bad Ads, that time of the week when listeners su- submit ads from Facebook or Craigslist, and we just have a little bit of fun with them. And of course, this is sponsored by Horse Lovers. Horse Lovers has over 120,000 products, and you need to check the deal of the day every day. And I had a chance the other day when I was hanging around with one of our listeners, Danielle, to ask her about Horse Lovers because she shops there all the time. Let's take a listen. So I'm here with Danielle, and we are at a campground in Pennsylvania in Lancaster County. And I asked you which products are which sponsors you support and you said you order from horse lovers i do i order anything that i need off of there mostly because they have everything (laughs) and anything (laughs) yep and it's tempting when we get the commercials on the show that say this is for sale today (laughs) then you find all kinds of things that you need that you didn't know you needed it's like it's free though it is like it's free so do you check the sales every day I do not check the sales every day. Because of it's too expensive? Yeah. 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 You check them when they're coming on horses in the morning. That's how I <laughs> That's how I find out, actually, when I listen on the show, then it, like, stimulates me to go look at it. <laughs> See? So the show works. It we works. get people to buy stuff. And your husband hates us, doesn't he? Yeah. You're spending all- well, you make good money. You're allowed, yeah, I do. You're, okay. allowed, you're allowed to buy stuff from yep. Horse Lovers. So, uh, horselovers.com. Everybody go there. You can find your deals. I do have deals of the day. Go check them out. And if you don't want to check them out yourself, we'll tell you what they are. Well, let's talk about the prizes that Horse Lover has provided for this month. Tell us a little bit about them. Well, let's see. I'll get to the one you love second. But the first one is the (laughs) classic equine flexion front boots. Your choice of any size or color. Flexion technology provides individual abrasive resistant cells that provide protection never before seen on the equine leg protection. Uh, It provides suspensory support without inhibiting movement, reinforcing the horse's natural motion while protecting the critical structures of the leg. Again, these are called the classic equine flexion front boots now the one glenn loves and by the uh, way they're worth a hundred dollars so oh is that really yeah oh my gosh well that's nice um the next thing is glenn do you want to tell everybody about no sure in pursuit of the perfect bra is it anel is that how you say it? Enel. Enel. Enel recruited several women for wear testing. Jamie wasn't one of them, apparently. And yeah. teamed up with a leading authority on sports bra research. After extensive testing in sports biomechanics lab. Chet did, Reed boob bouncing. <laughs> the Enel sport bra. I was going to ask you exactly what they did in the lab. Uh, was introduced in 1993. Enel sport has multiple sizes for high impact activities and is a leading bra in the sports world. And I did that without blushing. But and, uh, well, I got to tell you, as someone who has just had shoulder surgery, the problem with sports bras is you've got to put like. You know, put it on. You got to put your arms way up in the air and like shimmy it down your body. And it is really, really hard. Number one, if you're already sweaty. And number two, it's really hard if you are, you you can't raise your arm up like that. And these all have the clasps in the front and zippers and stuff. And they are really nice and easy to put on. So that's the NL Sports Bar. And we're going to give one away. And they're worth like 80 bucks. Yeah, and you get to pick which one. So you even get a choice. I don't. I have just enough bounce to need a sports bra. Okay. <laughs> Were you part of the study, or did I make that up? I I was definitely not part of the study, <laughs> but I would have been. And one more product we're giving away. Okay, that is the Defender Platinum. 1200 1200d standard turnout sheet 
It's navy with teal trim. The Defender Platinum Standard Turnout Sheet is the ultimate way to keep your horse dry and comfortable. No matter what the weather is, the 1200D Outer Shell is durable, waterproof, breathable. It features adjustable dual front closure, shoulder gussets for freedom of movement, crisscross surf singles with rubber slots, adjustable and removable leg straps, and it has also the D-rings for the optional neck cover and a reflective chest and tail flap strip for nighttime visibility. So if you're like... Who is that? Did I hear something in my barn? Damn it, Zeus! And you can tell it's him because he's got the reflectable chest chest and tail flap strip. Very good. And, of course, the garbage truck has just showed up here at the campground. It is making a lot of noise. I don't know if you can hear that or not. No, (laughs) I don't. Good, because he's doing his garbage truck thing right beside me. You might have heard that. Um, So... It's hard to think with that crashing. Uh, so Lorene actually recorded her own, and you get double the entries when you record your own, and Lorene sent this. Good morning. It's Lorene Barden. I'm going to read an ad, and Glenn, I am in not car. in my car today. <laughs> I was on my horse for three minutes in the indoor arena when this storm decided oh, to it's come rain. through. <laughs> so I thought I'd get off for a few minutes and read an ad. Wow, it's really loud. It's really loud, Lorene. This is a Craigslist ad, and it says, Quarter Horse, four years old. Four years old Quarter Horse, space, comma, space. Broke green, space, period, space. He needs an experienced rider, space, comma, space, and someone with time, space, period, space. We do not have time to work for him anymore. Space, comma, space. My wife had an accident and I can't ride for a while. Space, comma, space. And I don't have the time for him. Space, period, space. So we decided to find him a new home. $2,000. That's the ad. Doesn't say what the wife's accident was. But have a good day. Gonna ride out the storm. Thanks. Bye. And the rain to me. Good God, it sounded so like a monsoon. So, <laughs> so let me get this straight. Lorena's sitting on her horse. She gets on, she's riding for three minutes, and the rain starts, and she's like, you know what? I'm gonna get off and just hold him for a while. Let's see if this storm cell passes. And in the meantime, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna search Craigslist, find a really bad ad, and then record it into my phone while the rain is still pouring down, send it in, and then maybe I can get back on and ride. Is that what I... <laughs> That's what you got. What yeah, you were exactly right. You heard that okay, correctly. Gotcha. Yes. Um, so Amy sent this one in. Morgan and Morgan Cross Sport Horse Group on Facebook. There is a Facebook... I thought Morgan and Morgan was a law firm. But anyway, uh, for your consideration, manure producer, 15.2 hands, seven years broke PM. But what you didn't get is that each one of those is his own line. With its yes. own and, and 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 broke is a complete sentence. It is. <laughs> well, I think it says it all. It says yeah, it all. Sure. Yeah, sure. It says it all. Really. <laughs> I, you know what? I want to buy that one. Um Hannah sent the next one in. No it's horse for sale, fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, and this is Lamont, Oklahoma. Where's Lamont, Oklahoma? I don't know. It's not in the city. Does it matter? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, this is a uh, Craigslist ad. Sixteen hand mayor. Halter and lead rope broke. That's not a thing. Can't be lead rope broke. Halter and lead rope broke. She's supposed to be rideable, but when we got her, I was pregnant, so she hadn't been rode. We have. Oh my God, Hannah! I actually saw this ad. <laughs> I said I sent it to Abby. I was like, "You have to look at this." We have tried to ride her, but she rares up. She rears up? (laughs) R-A-R-E-S. We have tried, but she rears up. She's not good loading in a trailer, and she is too much for our family. She will need to go someone that knows more about horses than we do. Someone that can retrain her. And again, I looked at the... I remember thinking, okay, this is a halter broke... Mare who has no discernible breeding whatsoever, and she rears, 
and you want $1,500 for it. Like that's on the high end of Craigslist ads for untrained horses. And that was what I thought when I saw it, I was like, she, so you, you were trying to sell a mare that rears that basically you can just lead for, I don't know. It just seemed ridiculous. It was I, one of those I wanted to call. More importantly, I looked up Lamont, Oklahoma, and oh God, it's a town worse. of 417 people. Uh, north of Oklahoma City, so north of you. And one of the things that strikes me about your towns in Oklahoma after having driven around where we've driven the last five weeks is we haven't seen a straight road in ages. And all of your towns are just laid out so perfectly square. All the streets in Lamont are just at right angles. It's a grid. Yeah, perfectly square. a grid here in Oklahoma, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we haven't seen a grid in a very long time. <laughs> no, that is not north of Oklahoma City. That's up just south of Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That ain't north of me, man. That's south of Wichita. <laughs> oh, you have the next one, too, right? I do. This is Faye sent this one in. Uh, I don't know if it's Craigslist or Facebook. Yeah, it doesn't say. TWH mayor, 15.3 HH, 16 years old. Oh, these are all individual sentences, too. Trail Deluxe stays with group. Will walk off from group. What? Needs. Wait a minute. It stays with the group or walks off from the group? It does one or the other. It can't do both. It it, it does both. Uh, Needs someone that can be easy in her mouth because. Wait, what? Need someone that can be easy in her mouth. She is fancy broke. <laughs> oh my God. I missed the boat on this one. Okay. I need you to look for another location and it's called Sylvester, Georgia. Oh, let me look okay. that up while you're, you gotta, so you gotta start over. Let's start this over. <laughs> TWH mayor, 15.3 HH, 16 years old. Trail deluxe stays with the group. We'll walk off. From the group. Needs someone that can be easy in her mouth because she is fancy broke. Does need a beginner rider because she is fancy broke. Rides like a jet ski. (laughs) 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 What does that mean? (sighs) First of all, she's fancy broke, so you need somebody who's easy in her mouth, but then does does need a quote beginner rider they said because she is fancy broke and rides like a jet ski <laughs> oh she's a steal at eight hundred dollars okay so uh sylvester georgia's down south almost t- uh toward florida and it has a it has a population better than that other town in oklahoma it has five thousand eight hundred sixty five people dang it's big That's one big time. and it's known for the peanut capital of the world that's what it claims to be Okay, you, you know I've I've now Googled it, and it is um, it's just north of Florida and just east of Alabama. Kind yep. of claim <laughs> That's a little true. bit about. Do you true. know what is in that area, Glenn? No. Do you know? No. Nothing. <laughs> peanuts, apparently. Nothing. Lots of peanuts. peanuts. <laughs> that is it. Oh, it's just you know what's southwest of that? Bacon Town. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Peanuts God, and bacon. Peanuts and bacon, baby. Um, Mary sent right, the next one in. Uh, this is the horse trailer of the week. Oh, my God. How do these things still okay. exist? <laughs> Older single horse or stock trailer. All steel with wood interior panels. Rubber floor mats has storage area separate from enclosure. Classic design has many uses around the ranch. Asking no, nine hundred dollars. No. Now Why? I will say this is a rare event. Uh, one is is it's hooked up to a truck, so that's good. Probably because the hitch is broke. But um, when when you hear it has all of those things and a storage area separate from the enclosure, you think of a bigger trailer, don't you? When when I in that description. This is one of, this is a trailer that if I was a horse, ain't no way in hell. I don't care how good you are. You can be Monty Roberts telling me getting this thing ain't gonna happen. It's a single wide trailer, which always looked a little top heavy to me. But it looks like not rust, but rather they took poop and just spread it all over the outside of the trailer. It's got brown splotches all over the outside. It is awful. It's not rust color, it's brown poop color. It's it's a rusty white shea oh, hue. You, do you think it was at the bottom of the manure pit and they just pulled it out? Go ahead, guys. Back on up. Beep, <laughs> beep, beep. All right, grab it. 
I got it hooked up. I got the chains attached. All right. Come on out. Oh, Ugh. my God. Emily sent in the next one, and this is a very descriptive ad, Freddie. Pony of the America's Pony in Anderson, Alaska. Hello, this sweet boy is one years old. He is not gilded. Very sweet. Lots of energy. There you go. What more do you need to know, Jamie? Pony. I mean, (laughs) he's sweet. What do you want? I mean, he's so sweet. sweet. He's just sweet. And the last one, Adrian sent this one in. Indiana horse. Not the last one. It isn't. One more. No. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't scroll down far enough. Uh, Adrian sent this one in. Uh, Indiana horse and tack Facebook. (laughs) This is sort of a sentence, maybe. Broke ride drive. Whoever calls me first can buy them. I don't play. I trade twelve hundred and fifty for the pair. A pair of what? <laughs> I don't know. They broke ride and drive. Whoever calls me first. Okay. I don't play. Call, I it's trade. Like, it's like, all right, caller number nine, right now. You're gonna win the tickets to go see Coldplay at Lakewood Amphitheater. <laughs> All right, Alabama five. God, you're giving me all the southern ones today. This comes in from Aaron, and this is the Alabama. Oh my God, does he get more country than the Alabama farm and livestock Facebook page? We we were in Alabama. No, it does not. No. Introducing the Ring 2.0 Coyote Suppression Device. (laughs) While not equipped with Wi-Fi to monitor from your iPhone. These units are fitted and with highly sensitive audio arrays that will pick up a butterfly fart in the next county. <laughs> they come equipped with several audible alerts and include the bark your fool head off setting to ensure you are aware of everything that happens on your property. Currently, wait, these are dogs. Yes. They're selling dogs. dogs okay, yes. let me back up and just so you know, the, the, the bark your full head off is a dog. It's uh, currently programmed to interface with sheep. They can also <laughs> be programmed for chicken, goat, cow, or children. Chillins. Available in a waterproof, durable, fluffy housing. <laughs> they are all terrain equipped and have already had their initial service complete with shots and warmer. PM me for more info. That's a pretty darn good ad for a dog. It is actually, and they're they're white fluffy dogs. It's like those, yeah, those farm guard, livestock guardian dogs. So there you didn't go. Didn't say what breed though, did it? No, it nope. really didn't. Or how old they are, or how much they are. It's just you know we're so clever. We got we ran out of space. All right, well that's it. We're going to save the rest for next week, and I'll tell you why. It's now up to eighty eight degrees. In oh my the god, RV. Glenn has been suffering. You guys, he turned off his air conditioning to do the to- show. Show, I'm going to show you why I do that. All right. Are you ready? All right. Let's hear it. Right, let's hear it. Right, let's show you why I do it. Hold on. Let me turn it back on because I'm going to die in here. Uh, it's one thing. Now, can you hear it? It's kicking on. Yeah. You hear it now? Yeah. When you're talking, I can hear yeah, it. Yeah. You probably hear it now. Inside. It's Yeah. It's right over my head and it's pretty loud. So that's why I've been sitting. I'd be happy to get back to air conditioned studio where I don't have to turn the air conditioner off to do the show. Uh, so anyway, auditors, hold on. Uh, we'll chat with you for a little bit. I might just leave the air conditioner on, though, uh, so I don't die in here. But it's otherwise, not a big deal. you're fine. <laughs> we'll see you, everybody. Spade neuter geld. Um, Talk somewhere. I can't find the closer again. Uh, so I, I did some research on hot. And okay, cold that's blooded. good enough. <laughs> A lot of misinformation on the internet, Glenn. Are you shocked? It does have to do with heat and dissipation. <laughs> <laughs>